0: Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open The Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City, and I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy a good conversation about love, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over, and probably also listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. I was joined on Keep Them Coming by author, poet, feminist, and just all around super badass, Natasha Ria Elskari. I cannot tell you enough how much I loved this conversation. It just flowed. She wrote a book recently called Mama Sutra, and it is a book about lovemaking, and it was a, a book to her son. Her son came to her and said, Mom, I, I think that you did something for me that my peers did not get to experience. And that was having discussions that started early in his life because children are little sexual beings who will one day grow to be fully functioning sexual beings so long as they are given the tools to be good lovers. Her book is full of practical sex advice that some people learn the hard way, such as peeing after sex, clipping your nails, What's penis size all about? Proper showering and even body hair grooming. We discussed releasing taboos and coming to peace with the freak inside of us. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation as much as I did. She, You've got to check her out. You can find her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, mostly as Natasha at Natasha Rhea. You can find her on Facebook at Natasha Rhea Elscari poet. Enjoy the show. Joining me today is someone I had on my mental list of people I really wanted on my show. And I saw a post about your book and I'm so happy that you're here today. So can you please tell my audience a little bit about yourself?
1: Hi, my name is Natasha Rhea Oskari. Um I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. I've been uh, a writer and a performer um, and a poet for a very long time. I guess I'm pushing 30 years now. So uh, my first paid poetry gig, I was 13. So, um, and I started writing very early, around the age of eight or nine, but very seriously at the age of 10, um, where I journaled. I journaled every day of my life, I think, from the age of 10 to 23 and in that I also um, wrote poetry. So this is, I have two books and um, I'm excited because my first book is actually on the UMKC reading list for uh, race, the intersectionality of race and uh, gender. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. Very good. Uh, Screaming Times, of also The Only Other, which is a book written from the perspective of the other woman, mm. which I feel like that voice is always spoken for, Mm -hmm. but we never actually hear from it in first person. So I wanted to create a challenging text around the idea of um, what does it mean to be in love with someone who belongs to someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this book, Mama Sutra, Love and Love Making Advice to My Son, is my third book and first nonfiction book. So I'm super excited. I've Actually, finished up three books. So, the other two will come out probably next year. And um, on my birthday is the plan for that. And it's a, it's a novel and then a shorter uh, book of poetry, a chapbook that's all written in dialect. So gotcha.
0: Very good. Well, and the Mama Sutra is what brought you here today. Mama I'm Sutra. so excited. So, her, her book, Mama Sutra Love and Lovemaking Advice to My Son, was published this fall. And I heard about it almost immediately. It was great seeing all the social media posts about it. And I was like, I have got to find a way to get a hold of this gal. So, and luckily I had a friend that made an introduction. So am so thank glad. You,
2: Joel. Yeah,
1: thank you, Joel. I'm so yes. glad you did. Yeah, you know, so this book was not um, the next book that was supposed to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually working on a collection of poetry called Still Life, which is uh, Four Generations of Feminism. Um, but it's I've kind of reduced it to three. <laughs> and um, and that was what I was working on uh, wrapping up, and then this book um, kind of was, it jumped in and decided to, uh, I wanted it to be birthed a little sooner. Mm-hmm. So I literally had a conversation with my son on his 20th birthday, and um, he said, Mom, you need to write a book about this. I'm I'm for certain that my friend's have not talked to their mom. A lot of them have not. And because of things that men say,
2: mm, I mm-hmm.
1: know they've never had these conversations with their mother. And he's like, and you should call it Mama Sutra and thank me later.
2: <laughs> and
1: it was that thing that you get when you're a writer or even when you're not a writer, but that um, tingly, it's, it's different for everybody. Some people may be a tingly, or some, sometimes it's like a, you can feel the wind more, it, but it's something in your body that comes, that gives you a hint that you need to pay close attention. Um, And that was what happened. I get a little tingle. And I got off the phone and started writing. Um, And I had always wanted to write a book about sex and sexuality uh, from an African-American feminist perspective, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't there yet. Mm -hmm. And so when my son was like, you need to record these conversations that we've had, over the last 18 years, Mm -hmm. um, I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. So uh, he and I did a a shared document Mm -hmm. and I started to draft the book and I would just ask him, hey, pop in, take a look. And then he would be like, hey, don't forget to add this and remember that story and don't forget to do that. And Mm -hmm. so it was really also him recalling um, the lessons too. You know, the thing about um, motherhood is if you do it right, you get to release your children, and then you get to look cool later. But you don't. You, you normally don't look cool
3: <laughs> when you're teaching it. I mean, uh-huh. some of us right? do. Right? It's you more know,
1: like,
0: but... oh, mom, did you get the like? I don't want to hear this. Mm-mm. Or good. No. So he was very open. But he was raised like in it. You raise, I was gonna say. It sounds like mm-hmm. you raised him from the get-go that this yes. sex and sexuality was not taboo. Right. His body sex, was not made to be the taboo. Body,
1: uh, anybody's body. Mm-hmm. Um, Not just his, but Mm -hmm. everybody's body was not taboo and that sex was a normal um, part of life. Mm -hmm. It was a healthy part of life. It wasn't shameful. It didn't have to be hid. Mm -hmm. Um, There was appropriate places and times for it. Mm -hmm. And it just was a part of life. It was Mm -hmm. a part of the conversation. And I realized the gift that that was because, um, you know, releasing taboos is a challenge for a lot of oh, people yeah. they spend a lot of their adult years trying to come to peace with you know the freak inside of them absolutely <laughs> you know absolutely. because they have all this shame and guilt and uh religiosity yes. around a lot of it is what that is
0: that's something i talk about a lot and that's part of why i decided to stay here with my practice as i grew up here in the area. Missourian here, um, grew up in a very religious family gotcha. and experienced a lot of the, um, the shame and the guilt that's lobbed yeah. upon, especially women, um, especially women. Uh, you know, the, the protection of our virginities. Right. I grew up in the purity ring culture, all that Ugh. stuff. Yeah. You know,
1: and what's interesting about that is, um, how debilitating that is even for men, mm-hmm. because when a man, falls in love with a woman and he wants to express himself sexually with her and freely with her. But his training has told him you don't, that's not respect
0: Mm -hmm. or you don't deserve it.
1: Mm -hmm. You don't deserve it, but she doesn't, she can't be treated that way Mm -hmm. uh, because she is this thing, but you have this desire to make her your nasty thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's so confusing Uh and, um, yeah, I just don't live my life like that, and I, I, you know the weird thing when I gave birth to both my children, but of course I remember the first time, especially because it was, you know, the first time, mm-hmm. when I first held him, you know, and uh, the midwives like placed him in my arms, I was like, I want him to be an amazing lover. That was what came to my head, like, this is a whole body that mm-hmm. my body just pooped out, <laughs> like... I want him to have an amazing life. You know, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. was that euphoria or whatever it is that you feel when you give birth, when you realize you have passed life Mm -hmm. to someone like you have, you are God.
0: And now you are going to shape and mold and help that little human become all the wonderful things that you want them to be in life. Yep. Yeah.
1: And you can't send them out here with, you know, a crappy penis. That's right. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what words I can say. I'm sorry. You can
0: totally say whatever you want. Oh, you can okay. say anything.
1: Good. I was, well, I want to say you can't sit around here with a weak dick yep. or whack dick. You yes. cannot do that, you That's know, right. because That's it, right. it, it, and it's, um, it's also, um, horrible for women. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, I, 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 um, I'm an unofficial sex coach.
0: Hey, I
1: love it. <laughs> and, you know, so often women love men who are horrible lovers.
0: Mm-hmm. I they, hear it all the time yeah, from and friends live, and clients. Yes,
1: and they mm-hmm. live a life in silence and shame and wanting. They're mm-hmm. hungry for deep intimacy and lovemaking mm-hmm. and, you know, wildness. And I'm using that in quotes, mm-hmm. whatever that is. But freedom, really. Yeah. That's all it is, is freedom. Yes. And they're longing for and that. connection. And because connection. Because,
0: like, there's so many people just men especially that are missing out on the opportunity to not just have sex but have real true intimacy in the bedroom that can take time it takes effort it takes exploration it takes asking questions all of the things and it takes study yes it takes
1: learning Mm -hmm. it takes reading it takes okay this may not feel good at first but let's Okay, let me try this. Mm
2: -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like,
1: it's not going to be, you know, you don't. This year, I uh, taught my daughter how to drive. Mm -hmm. And I was reminded of how incredibly scary and new driving is. Mm -hmm. We turn right all the time. We don't think anything about turning right. The first time you turn right, the first time you go in reverse, Mm -hmm. the first time you park, you know, and you have to be gentle with people when you're teaching them to drive because they feel they feel shamed. They mm-hmm. feel like you're judging them. They feel like you don't trust them. And yet the person in the passenger seat knows this person with little to no experience can kill us. Yes. Can <laughs> <laughs> kill them and me. Or, someone, or somebody else. Or somebody else. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and so I'm reminded. And then now – here it is just a few months later, and she's just tootling along and turning right and turning left and on the highway. But that initial learning, we literally drove around our subdivision five miles an hour at 2 a.m. <laughs> for months just so that she could get used to, I'm like, what is your body doing? And this is how I taught her. What is your body doing? Are you clenching the wheel?
2: Mm-hmm. Relax
1: your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Are you clenching your butt cheeks? Breathe like relax. That is what, how I taught her to drive. Not turn left, turn right. This, Oh, you didn't get it right. Go fast. Go. It was like, get in touch with your body. What is happening in your body that, you know? And so she uh, said that she had, she took someone home, which is rare. Like I don't let her do that, but Mm -hmm. she said, they told me I was really focused. And I said, yes, because you should be focused on something that's important. Yes. And I said, and you're a new driver. And she said, but no, they appreciated it. And I said, yeah, because you got them there alive and you got back alive. Like, no, this is not the time to be picking up your phone and turning up the radio and being careless. Mm -hmm. So it's like when I think about that, when I talk about teaching how to be a lover, that's a part of it. When I tell her, what is your breath doing? You know, what are your hands doing? Like, what are your shoulders doing? Getting inside of your body Mm -hmm. to figure out what's happening and what you're feeling. That is such an important thing, particularly for women to even get connected to yes. their orgasm.
0: Absolutely.
1: Because we don't have to have an orgasm to have sex. We don't have to have an orgasm for sex to begin. If, for, like physically, we don't have to. Right. You know, and so I I talk about that in the book. You know, a penis is going to ejaculate. Like it's gonna. That's just the nature of, you know, to get the semen out. That's just yes. what's gonna happen. So it's not as a difficult as an orgasm now the levels of that changes and mm-hmm. the heightenedness of that and the full body but the actual you know can i nut yeah mm-hmm. you're gonna be able to do that as a man but you know can you help a woman to achieve you know the the mystical magical female orgasm and all of its nuances mm-hmm. that's gonna take skill yes and yes. if you don't have a vagina if you don't have a pussy, you're not going to know how to do that if the person who's raised you hasn't told you anything about it.
0: That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what what I like and appreciate about this is that you're coming at it from the mother's perspective and that you said it needs to really be more, there needs to be more focus on mothers leading the conversation around sex and sexuality. There actually was a study that I, I did a parent's academy a couple of months ago and I was talking about how important it is for parents to have good communication with their kids because they um, – a study found that having good communication is one thing, but having good communication about sexuality that's factual and informative is the, those are the two best things to have in a relationship with your child in order to prevent them from having um, early pregnancy and STIs. Yes. Because if, especially for boys that talk to their mothers when their mother is the primary source of sexual health information, boys are more likely to go out and use protection with their first and every partner thereafter to prevent pregnancy and stis it's it's it seems like such an easy thing like oh we just got to talk to our kids about sex but then you get to that point of well then what's stopping moms mm-hmm. from being that person that talks to their kids about sex
1: because they haven't started so a lot of them are afraid to start Mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons at a young age that i wrote the book right Mm -hmm. because people said well i'm just so nervous and i asked my 14 year old if they had questions about sex and i talked about masturbation and they just said mom and i was like well what did you say (laughs) i mean you know did Mm -hmm. you did you let that stop you and i was like and when would when did you talk to your son about Mm -hmm. sex and so There was a woman who emailed me and she said, you know, my son is 15. I don't want to introduce this to him because I think that it will make.
0: Encourage him to have sex? I'm like, honey, he's (sighs) probably
1: already. My daughter. That
0: argument is so passe. It
1: is. And my daughter read the email and she said, he probably already has a body count. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and it was really funny because I was like, where are you in that you think a 15-year-old isn't thinking about sex? Because even if you're not having it. By the time you're 15, you're, you're thinking, thinking about, about, about it. it, you've you're dreamed it. about it, oh, yep. you know, you've wanted it. You're, you're fantasizing which
0: it. girls in your class you exactly. want to do or, or which with.
1: women, or which or teachers, men. or, m- yeah, like, you're a whole sexual being at 15. Oh, yes. You're not, and so I was like, so one of the things that I want to dispel is this idea that informing your children is going to make them promiscuous.
0: It's absolutely wrong. It's it totally true
1: because when you And it's, take,
0: I think, a harmful concept to teach, too. Not I
1: only think. is it harmful, it's actually the reverse is true. Yes. Because when you remove the taboo,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? When you remove the taboo from sex um, and relationships, your children will talk to you more openly. Yes. So it's like, if it's like, hey, so I met this, this, this young woman or I met this young man, you know, I'm talking between my, my daughter and my son, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, what do you think about that? Or you know how would you have handled that when they know that they're not going to be punished for the discussion Mm -hmm. they and you can give them an honest answer you can say you know what one time i did this it ended like this and this is what i learned or i'm so glad i did it this way you know and you get into this conversation of asking questions Mm -hmm. you know I want to tell you what I think, but tell me what you think. Because sometimes I think parents need to see where children are. Yeah. You know, um I have a I have a thing with my daughter called the 70 mile an hour question. And okay. and I call it that because she would ask me these questions when I would be driving 70 miles an hour. <laughs> and the reason that I know that she would do that was because she knew that I couldn't look at her
2: uh-huh. because I was driving uh, fast. And so for her,
1: cause I'm very like, I'm intense. Like I'm going to look at you and be like, okay, let's connect. Yeah. Like, what are you thinking? And she's just like, so if you have braces and you give head, will you cut the penis? And I was like, Oh, Oh my, this is a 70 mile. I said, Ooh, honey, can you warn me? <laughs> because she was like in the sixth grade. Uh huh. And so I said, um, well, have you had a penis in your mouth? She was like, oh, no. And I was like, has someone asked you to have it? So I just kind of like asked those questions. And then I was like, well, you know, what makes you ask the question? She was like, well, I have a lot of friends with braces and they're giving head. And I just want to know, does it cut the penis? And I was like, that's a really good question. And I literally told her technique and everything at mm-hmm. the age of 12. She's already asking it. She's already envisioned it. Mm -hmm. She's already thought about it, but she doesn't have an answer, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and
1: she needs one from her mother.
0: Yes. Now I'm not gonna not the internet, not the internet, (laughs) not a friend, not
1: a friend, not a meme. Mm -hmm. She needs to know from her dick sucking mother, is this gonna cut a penis? Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Thank you. Thank you. And she needs to know. Well, my mom sucks dick. Let me ask her. Yes. And like that concept is so difficult for people to take on yes it is and um and the thing is is that your children won't be ashamed of you if you just bring it up and you don't hide it and you make it a natural part of life you know you make it a natural part oh mom and dad are tongue kissing it's okay they're married that's what they're coupled and they are in a relationship like you know, it's okay. Oh, so-and-so got pregnant. They didn't want to be pregnant. They got an abortion. It's okay. Like, they weren't ready. They mm-hmm. weren't ready. I mean, I've raised my children around all life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, and I wanted to pass it on because I saw people struggling with that idea that they can't engage in this discussion. Mm-hmm. And so the book has questions um, at the end of a lot of the sections, most of the sections, all but maybe about three that I didn't really feel like warranted the whole question Mm -hmm. thing. Um, That was me being a little bit of a rebel. (laughs) Um, But to ask like, where did you first learn about this? And where did you get this idea from? You know, so one of the things that um, I, and it's about the early, in the early in the book, I talk about dismantling the patriarchal mother.
2: Mm, and more, so yes.
1: that is about somehow that your mother is a vessel that had you. She only had sex to have you. Mm-hmm. She didn't have sex because she was she's, having but fun. But she's not a
3: sexual being. <laughs> right. Okay. It yeah. was
1: like she just had sex to have you, and then now she doesn't ever have sex. Mm-hmm. That is a patriarchal mom, that my mother is not a sexual being. Mm-hmm. That is a lie of the patriarchy. Yes, it is. You know, the idea of mom having her ass in the air, or, you know, sitting on dad's face, Mm -hmm. like, or or her boyfriend's face, or her girlfriend's face, or her wife's face, whatever in the parking lot. You are like all those different things. Like that is your mom too. Mm -hmm. Your mother is that same person in the Megan the Stallion song. That same person in the Bonnie Ray song. Mm -hmm. Your mother is a person that hurts. Your mother is a person that loves. Your mother is a person that heals. Your mother is a person that has attached sex, detached sex. You know, your mother is a person who decides not to have sex for a while. Like your mother is not just the person who makes your lunch and shuffles Mm -hmm. you around town. Mm -hmm. She's a whole human being. And so I talk about that early in the book, the liberation. Section one is called liberation, which is one, freeing yourself of the idea that your mother is more than just your mama mm-hmm. like she's a whole human being before that yeah and i don't think we ask the same of dads i don't think i think we maybe are dismissive of mm-hmm. older male sexuality but we don't dismiss dads having you know if a mom gets a hot young boyfriend people are i mean they are wound oh up, yes they are up in arms but if a if a a dad divorces and gets a hot young people are like oh well you know that's that's normal. just what they do that's what they do and I'm like no not necessarily no yeah. like that's what mamas do too and so you have all these women who are hiding their younger lovers <laughs> you know what I mean and uh-huh. all that kind of stuff and because they don't want to be seen in that way and I'm like yeah let's just blow that up let's get rid of that yeah let's get rid of that um, it, it's the it's a gift that we can give to our children because one. Children also need to know that you can have sex throughout your entire life. Yes. You can have sex and you intimacy. You have sex until
0: the day you die. Yes,
1: absolutely. And I remember Maya Angelou talking about that, you know, that it was a, cu- a couple that was older than her, and she was complaining, like, hey, I haven't been getting any loving. And she was like, what? You still getting lo-? Like, she, the, the woman was coming to her for advice, and she was like, you still have sex? Like, she didn't even know. She was like, Absolutely. And so that learning, right, this idea around intimacy and around, you know, cuddling and snuggling, like even if, um, you know, you can't actually physically have sex, there's so much more that you can do oh, absolutely. around that you can do all of your life. And
0: intimacy should never be just about intercourse. Ever. It has to be about everything else. It has to be. And, and yes, as as a couple, as, a, as partners who grow together in life, it has to be about continuing to understand each other's ever-evolving bodies. Because both of us change
3: over time. Yes. Um, I talk about that in the
1: book. I talk about the changes a woman's body makes and a man's. I Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, there'll be times in your life where you are just charged and ready to go sexually, and other times you want to pull your sexual, sexual energy in, work on other things. There may be times that you are stressed or healing or sad or just need to not. Like, there are times in life to have sex and to not have sex. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. we're not, just because, you know, I talk about sex and sexuality doesn't mean that everybody is out here. That means you have to have sex every day. And I really try to dispel that too. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, sometimes uh, your partner or your lover will be ready to go and other times she's going to be like, I need time. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And I want to be courted and I want to be loved on and I may need to cry or I, I may need to,
0: express some things that are bothering me about our to relationship. To even get ahead of get, that. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. So I have a, a section called The Best Foreplay is a Clean Kitchen. And I talk <gasps> a about- woman after my own heart. Yes. Oh <laughs> and I talk about removing the barriers of the mother load, mm-hmm. of the woman load to allow a time and space for intimacy. Yes. But that also, that cannot be the only reason you do it. So you may remove those things, but you still cannot expect sex. But you can request intimacy.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That the request for intimacy, you can make a request for that. Uh, you can make a request for sex and not be upset, but I was like, if you know that your partner has to have a clean kitchen, or has to have the laundry folded, I'm gonna need you to get ahead of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Or fold
1: with her. Mm-hmm. or always doing the things or come that are, to
0: her and say, like, I know you're busy. What can I take off your plate? Today? Exactly. That's, what can I help you with right this moment yeah. that would help you? Yeah.
1: And just to help you, not just to fuck you. Right. Right. So it's like, it's that. So it's like, yeah, babe, I am interested, but also I want to be a partner to you. Mm-hmm. Like in, in having that conversation and the communication, and I just call it CNC, Communication and Consent. Yes. I talk about that throughout the book, that it could be something that a woman uh, or a man likes 10 times, and that 11 time he's like, you know what, I don't want that anymore. Mm-hmm. And that people have to feel comfortable expressing that they don't want that feeling or that thing or whatever it was, and uh, and being able to communicate you know, in that. And so I talk about like how women communicate about sex, and that it changes because you're going to, when you look a woman in the eye and you're naked with her for the very first time and you say, what turns you on? I'm like, one, she may lie mm-hmm. two she's going to say, well, what turns you on?
3: Mm-hmm. Cause that's what
1: she's been taught. Yeah. And three, she's going to tell you exactly what it is. And you're probably going to be intimidated. Those are three very different responses mm-hmm. coming from three very different places that are all very much tied to either her full acceptance of the patriarchy or her total rejection of it. And so, even if a woman is liberated politically and socially she may still be bound sexually and mm-hmm. intimately and she's not expecting a man to look at her and say what do you like mm-hmm. cuz her answer may be i don't even know right i don't know what i like not yet you know mm-hmm. and i even told i was telling my daughter i was like you don't give your virginity right you share mm-hmm. a sexual experience
0: thank you yes you're not
1: giving it's not a it's you're sharing a se. I shared my first sexual experience with. You know? I freaking
0: love you. I love you so much. Seriously, <laughs> you know, cause you're like, saying all the things I I have been out there trying to preach to people, whether it's clients or friends or just people that I've met. That I'm trying to remove the word virginity from my uh, vernacular because again, when it's ingrained, yes, you do have to do some yeah. work to remove some of those, you know, toxic terms or, yeah, cause or I was, concepts. I
1: was talking to someone about that, like oral, anal, or vaginal virgin, virginity, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. I, what? So if I give head, but I've never had, like, what? So when, oh, when did you lose your virginity? I'm like, which one? Mm-hmm. My oral one, my anal one, or my vaginal one? Mm-hmm. Which one? Yeah. Because those are three completely different years. Yes. <laughs> and what does it matter? So also that. Mm-hmm. And I, I even talk about, like, learning how to really communicate with a woman and seeing where she is sexually because um, sometimes women are not prepared for lovers. Mm-hmm. And I think if women are honest, we've all kind of been there. Sometimes if we've had a lover that was really skilled, we're like, mm-hmm. oh, that blew my mind. <laughs> or and it's if it terrifies yeah. you. Or if you've had someone who's a lover and you've been dealing with, I think now the term is called a fuck boy, uh-huh. but you've been dealing with men who just have been humping. And then you get a guy who is like, soft and sensual and you're like oh I didn't like how that felt because you it was so different from the experience that you had so Mm -hmm. um you know can you
0: people get in their heads and think like well that's what sex is
1: yeah and then you
0: pull yourself out
2: Mm -hmm. and
0: it's something different and yeah sometimes people even when it was I don't know. It's what people. That's what people always say they want, right? Is yeah. this you know connected sex? But if they've not had it, it can be quite yeah. like, what was that?
1: Right, and so and that and what is connected sex? Because mm-hmm. some people don't know. Because my idea is that you have all this unspoken stuff in a house. If you live in a house where no one is talking about sex, do you really know what connectedness is?
0: I would think that'd be really hard to draw that conclusion about what what exactly is. You know, it's not just about something in a hole. Yeah or playing yeah. with something on the outside it yeah. is about it's about the you know the eye contact it's about Absolutely. the touch it's about the sensations it's about the amount of time and effort it's about the communication during the It's about the, encounter. the lighting
1: it's about mm-hmm. the mood it's about are we feeling clubby sex or are we feeling Sade sex mm-hmm. are we feeling Bob Marley sex like are we feeling what are we you know where is our yep. vibe are we going to do a little bit of all of that like what is your body telling you that you need? Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I, and it's interesting because I talked to my kids about my sexuality and you know, theirs. And I was saying, you know, I've shifted. I was telling them, I was like, I've shifted. I was in this place and now I'm in this place because they noticed a change in behavior. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, um, are you good? Like what's (laughs) going on? And I was like, no, I shifted. Uh And isn't that beautiful that like your 20 and 16 year old notices you are a different sexual person. My children have never seen me have sex, mm-hmm. but they understand how the mood changes, how the room, how the energy in the house changes. You know, it's so funny. My daughter always says, I always know. She's like, cause you're different. You're different, you know? And, um, and so for her, because of just her personality is really different. My son um, you know, he's a lot more open and I think he always knew when mom gets laid, like it's fun time.
0: <laughs> She's in a good mood. Things right. a little bit more relaxed. She'll let things go a little bit more. Yeah. Like my life is easier when mama's getting laid. <laughs> I think he knew that. Everyone's life is easier when mama's Including getting laid. Mama's let's be real. Life. My mama's life. Yeah.
1: Gosh. When,
0: yeah. When I'm yeah. getting laid on the regular, I'm like, ah, shit doesn't bother me. Right? <laughs> like, and he said when you're getting good dick or good pussy, you're way more willing to put up with some things in life that you normally wouldn't.
1: Or just obsessing about, yeah, right? It's yeah. not even Or just
0: kinda like, I can
3: let that go.
1: Yeah, it's I, like well, it's like I'm good like it's a um, you know, it you get you in a zen place. Yes. It's like, oh well, you know and I and I I know that there are people out here being under sexed and underloved because you can tell in their driving. Oh yeah. I was like there is no way you are Making love, driving like that. Because you would be so in tune that you would understand that letting someone in is being a lover Yes. in the world Mm -hmm. or not barreling down on someone as they turn right or left. You would understand that if you...
0: It is interesting to me how people like us, when, when we are in tune with our sexuality and it really is true. You can see a different energy about people and know, like, you're not getting laid right now. I can tell. Yeah. Like, you don't have love in your life right yeah. now. And you're not exuding love, so you're not receiving yeah. love. Yeah.
1: We always say at home, um, do they need a sandwich or a hug? <sighs> because we're like, so you're hungry for something. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. And I just tell my daughter, I'm like, hurt people hurt people. Yes. People are not walking around angry and loved at the same time. They cannot even occupy the same space. They don't feel hurt. They don't feel understood. They feel ignored. And we see how all of that manifests. Mm-hmm. They don't feel like they can communicate their emotion, their expression. And so they act out. Yeah. And it's, you got a lot of people out here acting like toddlers because they, don't, they mm-hmm. don't have conversations. You know, today my son shared some information with me that he knew I wasn't going to like. And I, the first thing I said was, like, I don't agree, and I love you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't agree, and I love you, period. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Because that is greater than anything else. Oh,
0: absolutely. You know what I
1: mean? And guess what? It ain't my life. <laughs> so yep. I can go through all my up and down and –
0: well, And at then, the end of the day, you have no control over none, his actions. You can none. give him the best advice possible and, you know – Tell him the things that you've seen in life give him the anecdotal or whatever and give him tools to make good decisions but you've probably already done so much of that work of helping this young man with his decision making
1: and me agreeing with him doesn't make it true Mm -hmm. he -hmm. can do it and it can be right Mm -hmm. and it could be the best thing that he could have ever done but guess what he has to live his life and make that decision and so you know in writing the book, like with him and his encouragement. And I just said, you know, how do you feel? Because I shared things about my life. You know, when I, when my children were growing up, I kept about six or seven lovers. Mm -hmm. Um, and I set my children down and there's a four year age difference. And I was like, Hey, all right guys. So these are mom's special friends, right? These are not like your uncles and cousins and the friends that i've had these are mom's special friends so that means that they may not be around long they're not going to necessarily come to activities they're Mm -hmm. not that's what these are these friends are just for mom Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that's literally how i set them down Mm -hmm. and explain that to him i was like and sometimes you may see him Mm -hmm. um once a month sometimes you may see him more often sometimes but you don't need to even worry about Mm -hmm. his role in your life now these Guys over here. These are the people who are gonna always be here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it was easy. Kids aren't confused by their lives. You know, kids understand love. Mm-hmm. They understand connection. Mm-hmm. They have friends that they like sometimes, and sometimes they don't. I I always made sure that my children had toys that they didn't have to share.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And my friend was like, I don't think you should do that. I, I said, No, I disagree. Everyone should have something that is the just stairs. for them.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't have to share everything that you have. So I would say to my son and daughter, we're going here. You want to t- bring your share toys. Mm-hmm. And the share toys are the toys that if somebody really loves it and you feel moved to give it away, you give it away. Or if somebody is playing with it and they break it, you might be a little sad, but you're not going to be a lot sad. Mm-hmm. But your special toys, they stay in the car, they stay at home. Mm-hmm. So I also, it wasn't like I was living free and not giving my children space to live free. You know, I was also giving them space to be expressive, Mm
3: -hmm. to be specific about Mm
1: -hmm. what they liked or how they felt. And one of the number one things, and particularly in the African-American community, is this conversation around food. Mm -hmm. If there was a food that my kids just hated, I'm like, you don't have to eat it. You know the difference between I don't care for it Versus I hate it. And for me, that was growing up was cooked cabbage. I (laughs) fucking hated cooked cabbage. And I would sit at the table. I didn't care. Five in the morning, I did not care. I wasn't eating it. And it's like, I think eventually my mother just gave in. But there were many years that she didn't. And I think it was just because it was this idea that you're being disrespectful and you're not acknowledging the importance of food, you know, but we have to unpack where that comes from mm-hmm. and we have to really unpack and we are, Oh, g- these kids are ungrateful. No, they actually just know what they like and what they don't and human beings have evolved mm-hmm. and they're saying, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? Um,
0: so well, and that's also like, like, I was saying, I think that's an important point in teaching children agency, teaching them that they do have the right to say yes or to say no, whether it's something as simple as um, saying no to a hug from someone they're not comfortable with to no to food that someone's trying to make them eat that either they don't like, don't want, whatever.
2: Um,
1: You definitely get to say yes or no around your body. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was big on that. Um, And you get to love your body. You get to love on your body. You get to touch your body, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you want to really go in on your body, that's a private moment. Mm -hmm. You do that in your room. That's your private time, your special time you know, in that privacy is not shame. Right. And I think that that is also a fine walk as mothers. We get to teach that really well. Mm -hmm. Like being private isn't shameful. Right. It's private.
0: I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about what that conversation looked like with your kids around masturbation.
2: Mm. Okay.
0: (laughs) All right. So we're back. So, you know, you were just talking about privacy and we're talking about agency and stuff. And that's Something that I feel is really missing for a lot of people. When I when I talk to my clients, I ask them, like, when did your parents talk to you about masturbation? And most of the time, they get the, if it was spoken about, it was, don't do it. Mm. It's bad for you. You shouldn't be doing that. You're too young for it. Don't touch yourself. That's wrong. That kind of stuff. It was very negative. Very few of my friends or clients had positive experiences with their parents regarding masturbation. So... I can only imagine the conversation went very mm-hmm. different in your household. So it did. I'm curious what that was like.
1: It did, and you have to know that most people think I'm crazy, so um, I should say that. <laughs> I too. think you're fucking amazing. <laughs> thank you. So, masturbation. Your mom goals.
0: If I had uh, kids, you uh, would be the kind of mom I would want to be for real. I
1: think you would be. You would oh, be. Thank- So, the thing about, you said you don't have children, but anyone, any mama, any of the mama sutras out there will know, masturbation begins at the age of about six months. Mm -hmm. That is where children discover their genitalia. Babies. Mm -hmm. And um, you get to make a decision at that point where where you're feeling about that. Uh, When the diaper is off, you know, all those things, when they're rolling around, and um, they touch themselves. Mm So I always had towel time is what I called it, where my babies got to just be naked because mm-hmm. I don't like maxi pads or panties. So I figured babies don't either. Right. <laughs> like I just feel like if yeah. I had to wear a diaper, I would be so angry oh, yeah. if I remembered that. So um, I just let my kids like kind of be free. And that was also a part of potty training, too, mm-hmm. because you don't really know how to control your urine um if you don't know when it's coming or where mm-hmm. it's like oh and it was so funny so i remember my son you know he was dancing in front of the tv one time and then he just the the pee just jumped out he said oh it's just okay and he like tried to hold it and but that was like a good lesson for him because he was like oh this is how it feels mm-hmm. right um so my son one day was dragging his penis, and I write about it in the book, hmm. over all, over everything in the living room. <laughs> At the tables, the chairs, the lamps. And I was like, honey, what are you doing? And he was like, this feels so good, you know? And he just, and I was like, oh! And he was like, but I put it here, for like soft, this is hard, and he's just dragging it and just going everywhere, and I was like, you know what, in your room, You can drag it on anything. I was like, but in the living room, we're all here. Mm -hmm. So I was like, our company comes over. And I was like, so we don't want to just drag everywhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, I used to sit on my furniture without my clothes on, but I always had a towel. Mm -hmm. And so he got that, and then he was like, okay, well, I'm going to my room. (laughs) (laughs) I never um, discouraged my children to masturbate i've recently sent this really extensive article that was in Teen vogue to my daughter on like like how to masturbate as a woman mm-hmm. and she sent me a text she was like never ever send me that again i was like whatever i was like let me know when you're ready to talk about it and read it so she's very much um so she likes the more medical side of things mm-hmm. um And she likes to be the one that starts the inquiry.
0: She wants to initiate. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she wants to
1: initiate. But I have a lot of sex toys and I don't hide them. Mm -hmm. And so if she comes into my room and I've used them or we've used them, we, not me and her, as in we, meaning a lover. You and a partner. Yeah, I need to specify that. (laughs) you know, and so now she's just kind of like, then what does this do? Or what is, and I'm like, get out of my stuff, you know? So now she's kind of like looking for it or has questions about it uh-huh. because it's everywhere. Yeah. So they see it on TV and she's like, I saw this on the whatever, whatever. These are network seven o'clock shows. Yep. So I'm like, and I don't really watch TV like that. So I was like, that was on a show. <laughs> she's like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. But I just answer the questions. She, um, you know the conversation is that it's yours. Learn it, because you can't teach somebody else right. if you don't know it. And it's okay. Enjoy your body. Yes. Enjoy your body. And I mean, I've even talked about masturbation myself. You know, and I would even sometimes say, "I'm you are stressing me out. I need to masturbate." Like, and that just makes them laugh whenever I say <laughs> something like that. But, um, but it's That's
2: a part my of life. Reliever, it
1: sure. is. It is. It's like it knocks off just the. Ooh, the angst. Sometimes I'm like mm-hmm. I'm like, am I am I stressed? And An I'm orgasm
0: like, a day keeps the therapist away.
1: It really does. <laughs> just kinda helps keep you keep you regulated. Yes. So yeah, so it's just I think I think it always was so of course boys are more like external, right? Mm-hmm. So the conversation was different with my son. Mm-hmm. It came a little later with my daughter, but I always let her be on the ground, have her legs open. Um, even when she wore dresses, I let her play on everything, mm-hmm. you know, uh, girls do all kinds of clitoral stimulation and they don't even know what that is, yeah. you know, but they're just like, Oh, I'm on this bar and it, mm-hmm. when like, you look at little ooh, kids ooh, on the ooh. park. Yeah, yeah. And then you start
0: seeing them go like, mm, mm, yep,
1: mm. exactly. Yep. You, yep. 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 you see that look
0: on your face like, yep. yep. She's discovered. Yep. yep.
1: Uh huh. And I remember like, I wrote a poem about, uh, taking a shower with my daughter and she was three. And, um, and we were in this, and I had a, a bench in my shower. So she was, like, around my height because mm-hmm. the bench was really high. And she was like, Mom, do you have one of these? And she's, like, touching on her clitoris. And I was like, yes. I was like, all mamas and daughters have one. She was like, you have one of these? And I was like, "Yes." Yeah. She's like, what is it for? <laughs> and I was like, it's just for you. It's mm-hmm. for your pleasure. It's for your fun. She was like, I love this. And that was it, like. You know, she was like, so you have one, so you know what I'm talking about. She was three. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's so young that they know that.
0: And I think this is important to note that, so your kids grew up knowing about things like masturbation, consent, their bodies, all of the things. And, oh my gosh, heaven forbid, they're not out in the world. Um,
3: they're not. They're, they're, not really they're not
0: fucking everything that moves. No, They're, not, no. You know, they're like, very selective. It did selective. nothing to like we talked about earlier, did nothing yeah. to encourage them to go out in the world and be promiscuous. Right. Or And not that even if they were promiscuous, that it's right. necessarily a bad thing because if they were doing it safely yeah. and wisely, however, yeah. you didn't create um, little hellions right. that are out, yeah, you and know, breaking hearts and, and being exactly, awful to people.
1: Exactly. Because I taught them how to be lovers. Yes. Too. Yes. Because it
0: sounds like you taught them how to love themselves first.
1: Yes, first, but then also to honor you are dealing with other people's emotions
2: mm-hmm.
1: when you lay down with somebody you're laying down with that whole person mm-hmm. even if they don't show you that so you have to be mindful i told my son uh he was in love with this little girl in the, in the first grade and i said honey i want to tell you something i was like pussy is the most powerful thing in the world and it is attached to a woman mm-hmm. and it'll fuck you up Or it'll make your life amazing. Mm -hmm. I told him that when he was in the first grade. (laughs) It's true. It is true. I'm like, wars have been started and ended because of pussy. Mm -hmm. So I have this poem called A Pussy Letter to My Daughter. I wrote it when she was two. Mm -hmm. It's her least favorite poem I've ever written. (laughs) But it's about me telling her the power of her pussy. Mm -hmm. And that I want to tell her before anyone else tells her. I wanna tell her the power that she has in understanding it, loving it, owning it, knowing it, embracing it, you know what I mean? It's yours and I'm grateful. Um, My mother was very sex positive Mm -hmm. and so, um, and you know I was telling somebody this story about my mother saying what is this in your underwear and I was like it's juice I can't help it <laughs> like, remember, but it's not from anybody else it's right, from it's me, me. <laughs> yeah and um but she was like always kind of worried like and that was the fear right. in the 80s like are you having sex are you having mm-hmm. sex?" you know 80s and 90s um yeah,
0: especially the AIDS epidemic yeah and, and I was mm-hmm. like
1: but even for her coming from this very Christian small town place my mother still I mean, just was amazing at answering questions and not shaming us. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It was an all-female house, mm-hmm. and I just mm-hmm. wonder how different it would have been if my dad and my mom had stayed married. You know, mm-hmm. I just wonder if it w- if she would have expressed as openly or been as free. Or
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't. I mean, my father never occurred to me as being sexually conservative. He was very affectionate. He always complimented men and women. He was very warm. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was affectionate with, you know, men and women. So he was just a hearty, kind of big hearted person. Um, And I, but I wasn't around him as my sexual self. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how that was for him, you know, but my, I think my stepsisters say that their experience was a little different. So it was not as open or, Mm -hmm. or free that it had a lot to do with covering Mm -hmm. and being Mm -hmm. safe. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I get why we want that for our, our daughters, but we need it for our sons too. So I really yeah. try to, um, degenderize my sexual and social expectations of my children. Mm-hmm. It's not fair that boys can date at 16 and girls can't.
3: Right.
1: Sh- she can date. He dated. Mm-hmm. She can drive. He drove. She can stay out at one o'clock curfew. That was his curfew. Like. Mm-hmm. there is no genderization of their bodies. Now, I'm not telling her that you can you can do what a boy can do. That's not true. Um if because only, because if only, we're, we're because we're just different. Mm-hmm. I mean, even just physically, we're different, mm-hmm. you know. Um my daughter climbs seven mountains and she's in CrossFit, you know, um she's strong, but she has to work at her physical strength differently than a boy her same age Mm -hmm. that may not even be doing anything so biology is nothing wrong with that our equality is not sameness Mm
3: -hmm.
1: um not around the body the female body is divine and beautiful and sacred it can carry life you know and um it's a beautiful vessel Mm -hmm. it's not a man's body and it doesn't have to be um that doesn't make it less right so I talk about that in the book, you know, I talk about honoring what a woman's body does and how it changes and, you know, that it has, it's a whole person. So, and I also talk about really basic things like clean those dirty ass sheets, get some good smells.
0: Yes. I want to leave off on that because you do have some very practical advice in the book from what I've read in the articles I've written about your book is that it's not just about sex, masturbation, things like that. It's about things like how do you make sure that your room's ready yeah. when you're going to bring a lover over. So important or, for
1: college-age students, uh-huh. right? It's going to be the, probably for most families, I mean, most families don't allow their teenagers to necessarily entertain lovers. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't. So I know some people's. you know, their parents did, but I didn't. My mother did allow me to have boyfriends in my room and mm-hmm. everything because she was like, if he doesn't want to come over here, he's not serious about you. And I was uh-huh. like, yes. So um, my kids were able to have company, but mm-hmm. they did not entertain company in their bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Um not people that they were dating,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, but their friends and stuff like that, sure door open i don't have a problem with that Mm -hmm. but the college is where the first time Mm -hmm. you know and for some people i i hear this thing about mom still doing laundry please i stopped doing that a long time ago if you can separate colors you can wash clothes i mean it's it wasn't like washing by hand (laughs) push that push that and then wash your clothes so um so it's the first time that you're understanding like liquids and smells and that women can feel energy. If you've been having sex with someone, change your sheets, wash yeah. your sheets before you bring in a new lover, because she's gonna feel it. She's yeah. gonna know it, and it's gross. Yeah, gross, um, yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's a, it's a, also a cleanliness thing, and mm-hmm. and you know questions around like pubic hair. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna trim it? Or are you not gonna trim it? What is your preference? What are you taught about that? You know, mm-hmm. and and do you do that based on what your lover likes? Like I was talking to someone who said that they don't base their body hair based on what their lover likes and i was saying i do because i don't have a preference mm-hmm. i can go with or without mm-hmm. so whoever my lover is i'm going to probably go with their preference because i don't have one mm-hmm. i i can go bald i can go you know with a little bit of fuzz but
2: mm-hmm.
1: it really doesn't that thing doesn't matter to me and especially if i want him to be comfortable performing amazing oral sex on me. I don't want anything to stand in his way. Mm-hmm. So if he wants a bush baby down there, I'm going to make sure he <laughs> yeah. has it, you know?
0: So it just, it, and everyone likes and, something different. And everyone, state, like, no. I, I'm kind of like you. I, I don't necessarily have my, like I have to have my people here this way. I'm right. kind of, I, I'll change it yeah. up. I got but my yeah. winter pube, yep, my exactly. summer pube. <laughs> yes. It depends upon if I got a little extra cash, I'm going to go get waxed. Exactly. Even then it's just in between because yep. I don't like the whole thing. Yeah. And then sometimes I trim, like, yeah, but sometimes Heck yeah. I've gone bald. And, uh-huh. But yeah, I've had. And within, like, weeks – well, okay, one time within the same week, I had one guy go, like, you need to grow this out. And the one was like, I love it long. And yeah. like, could you go bald? I'm like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I can't keep anybody happy right yeah. now. And since so none the, of you are committed to me, it's up to me it's to up decide to you. what I mm-hmm.
1: want. It's true. And they can just go with the happy medium. So That's right. Yeah.
0: Like, you get what you get based yeah. on what I decide I want. Absolutely. Kind of what I ended up going Absolutely.
1: with. Absolutely. So even just that and, you know, just talking about, like, exfoliating your body. Mm-hmm. like. No woman wants an ashy booty and dry skin. Like, and you and can, your
0: lips. Moisturize yep, your lips. I have, a, I
1: have a whole. Trim your beard. I have a whole lip exfoliation mm-hmm. practice, which is just raw sugar mm-hmm. and uh, honey. Mm-hmm. And like the purpose of exfoliating and just like making sure your lips are moisturized. That women love kissable wonderful lips lips. absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely even if they're strong lips they still like for them to be soft so hands the same way exfoliate Mm -hmm. your hands and trim your nails and be yes, mindful of that. You. If you want to enter a woman's vagina mm-hmm. or anus mm-hmm. uh, or her mouth, like she doesn't want to get scraped. You know, your nails need to be clean underneath. Mm-hmm. You need to wash your hands before you. Yes, so, have, have you know, just that yes. kind of practical, practical yes. pee first, pee yes. after, mm-hmm. you know, those, that kind of advice that you can end up getting a UTI really easily because yeah. you don't even know. So yeah,
0: I had a guy a couple weeks ago that went over to his house and we were, he was like, Oh, I'm going to make chicken wings. I'm like, so then we need to have sex now. And he was like, why? I'm like, hot sauce on our hands and our mouths is not good for genitalia. He's like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, let's go do that. Yes. Like, dude. you Because it's going to take gonna go a
1: lot to-, to get that hot sauce I was going to say, like, mm-hmm. I've got long
0: ass nails. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, that, and you don't have a nail uh, brush that's good enough for me. So. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, just like, yeah, I just, the yeah, oral really part. The, r- the oral part, mm-mm, no. Yeah. That, and that was what I was there for, was to sit on his face. That's so. right, right. It was for the pre-chicken <laughs> ceremony.
1: <laughs> Yes. You wanted to be the only raw chicken in the room. Raw right, kid, yes. <laughs> For sure.
0: Uh, well, I have so, so appreciated having you on my Thank show today. You. So, can you, Natasha, tell the audience how yes. they can get a hold of you?
1: So, my website is That That is Natasha Ria and um that's me on instagram on -hmm. instagram i am um at natasha ria on twitter i'm at natasha ria and on facebook i am natasha ria elscari comma poet Mm -hmm. um elscari is e l hyphen capital s c a r i i tell people you can buy the book on amazon but if you hit me up on my website you get actually a free book and a dvd um so Get my second book for free and a DVD, so I'm kind of running out of those. But, um, but you get a free gift if you get it from me. Plus, it gets autographed and all that stuff. Um,
0: lovely. Yes. I'd much rather buy directly from an author than buy on Amazon. Yes. Cut them out. There. Yes. So well, it's Amazon a great way for a... you to get your book yeah. out. It's a lovely platform, but at the same time, yes. If people can go to your website, get a little bit more yes, and for put sure. a little bit more in your pocket, and get also a free gift. For like
1: sure. This. And also, people should just kind of know that that's how it is, right? You yeah. just Um, you're you're supporting the artist directly. And so that's why when you go to my website and you push buy it, it takes you to an email. And I'll send it back saying, hey, this is how you can buy it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's available, you can Cash App, Venmo, uh, PayPal me. Um, And you can hit me up on Facebook. If you do, hit me up on my Poet page, my personal page, because if you send me a message and we're not friends, it gets deeply embedded, uh-huh. and then I miss it sometimes for a long time, but I try to be mindful and go back there. But um, I will be – shall I say where I'm going to be on Saturday?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so
1: Saturday I'll be at Harvest Moon Botanica, which is an all-female-owned uh, business collective, and it's 4207, 4209 Troost. I'll be there – oh, my gosh, what time? Um I'll be there from 2:30 to 3:30 uh discussing mama sutra, reading from mama sutra and signing books. The books are $25, um 24.95 on Amazon and I would just appreciate your support. This is a perfect book for college students mm-hmm. for people say, well, what age? And I'm like, well, what age do you want your kid to be informed? What mm-hmm. age do you want to combat the patriarchy? Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think oh, that yeah.
1: around the age of 12 and 13 mm-hmm. you know, is a good time. Read the book with your child. Yeah. Read it first, because this is also a book for lovers. This is not just a book for, for young men. Um, my mom was like, this book is great. And I had one Mm -hmm. of my LGBTQ friends reach out to me. He lives in San Francisco and he was using all these terms that I was like, Ooh, I need to sharpen up. Uh But he was like, this is a good book for many people in the LGBTQ community because he was talking about like when people trans and understanding Mm -hmm. different things, it was some language that I didn't fully understand, um. Because I'm not a part of that community, uh, but understanding that I did write it with the idea that it is to create amazing lovers, mm-hmm. um, and communication, consent, uh, living—you know—not judging.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, when you don't judge, you—it's you—you can spot it easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if something makes you comfortable, uncomfortable, you own it versus judging. You can say, "Okay, tell me how you feel that way," or. Tell me why you feel that way or where did you learn to feel that way? Mm-hmm. That's a better question than I don't agree. Like, just yeah. say, well, where did that come from or how did you come to that? And knowing that you can be an amazing lover, but that every person is not for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to have non-compatible lovers. Yeah. And that's okay because you can still end up being an amazing friend mm-hmm. with someone that you're not compatible with as a lover. Yeah. So,
0: Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. Oh, I so love it. I'm so glad we got a
1: chance to meet and talk. Me
0: too. Yeah. Me too. I would definitely love to have you on again. Sometime. I would love to, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, thank and you. I wish you all the best in the world.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you. I'm glad for the work that you're doing too. Thank, so thank you. you.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open The Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. And check the show notes for stuff we discussed in the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my not safe for work email list called The Dirty Bird if you want more content about sex and relationships. You can support said content, like my work with this podcast and other forms of media by visiting listener support with anchor FM or visit patreon.com to become one of my patrons. Again, check the show notes. I have links for you there. My theme song is original music by M Kusa until next time.